This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. You know, I was raised on the golden era of Hollywood. My mother had a career as a singer and dancer in Tinseltown for a short time, and she handed down to me a love of the best of the entertainment industry. I was raised on a diet of film classics, the finesse of Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, and film noir. If I had lived in that era, I would have stretched my efforts to find a job in the movie business and be part of the Hollywood dream that so many of us fantasize about. Well, my guest today is a man who has lived the Hollywood dream. Burton Bud Moss is a legendary artist agent who has handled and represented some of the biggest names in the business. From Robert Wagner to Jill St. John, Sid Charisse to the goddess Rita Hayworth, Bud Moss lived and worked in an era of Hollywood greats. And he has a few stories to tell. And I am lucky enough to have him on my show today. And with him is Regina Gill, founder and executive director of the Gold Coast Arts Center, home to the Gold Coast International Film Festival in Long Island. On October 24th, the Gold Coast Arts Center and Film Festival will play host to film and television star Robert Wagner. In a star-studded evening, Robert Wagner will be the recipient of the Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award for his illustrious career. And some of Robert Wagner's closest friends will be attending the festival celebration. Think of Joel Gray, Tippi Hedren, Jill St. John, Larry King, Angie Dickinson, just to name a few. I feel that the air that night will be thick with the memories and integrity of those who attend to support Robert Wagner's work and the legacy that Bud Moss provides with his award established to commemorate those who have made the American entertainment industry extraordinary. Bud Moss's books, Hollywood, Sometimes the Reality is Better Than the Dream, and All I Got Was 10%, recount the real backstage existence and stories of Hollywood, up close and personal. So I want to welcome Bud Moss and Regina Gill to Center Stage, and thank you for joining me. Good morning, Pamela. Good morning, Pamela. Bud and Regina. I know you're busy, uh, you know, developing this the scalar right now, but I just have to say, first of all, to Bud, the reality is better than the dream, isn't it? Not a question. <laughs> For almost 90 years, you have breathed, worked, and lived the Hollywood system while promoting the careers of actors such as Bette Davis, Mia Farrow, Cliff Robertson. Was this just in your blood? Not quite. Uh, I, I was sort of born into the, the industry. My father was a film editor at Fox Studios during the 30s and 40s. And my uncle was the legendary Sam Zimbalist, who produced films going back to the 30s and 40s with Gable, Tracy, Hepburn, and Lombard. And in his latter years, he produced films like Magambo, King Solomon's Mines, Quo Vadis, and the last film he made, which unfortunately he never got to see, was Quo Vadis. Ben-Hur, excuse me, he ben died. Mm -hmm. He died on the set the day after that famous chariot race from a heart attack. And the film uh, received, uh, was nominated for 12 Oscars and won 11. At that time, it was the most uh, any film had received at that time. It's so incredible. What passion for the movies. And I believe you literally cut your teeth in listening to actors rehearse uh, their lines at your uncle's poolside. I mean, literally. 
Well, I was like 10, 11 years old, and I kept hearing them walk around with scripts, reading lines, and I wasn't quite sure what they were doing, and years later I found out. Yeah, you figured it out, <laughs> and the passion evolved. And Regina Gill, you are the superwoman in <laughs> Long Island who is an art specialist, sculptor, and painter who has been recognized by the New York State Senate as a woman of distinction. I get the impression, Regina, that you, like Bud Moss, you don't stop. You have the fire in your belly for the love of the work you do. Am I right? Completely. And it doesn't matter what area of the arts it is. I'm, I've, always, I've always loved it. There's, been, there's something about the environment that the arts create mm-hmm. that, that just stimulates and illuminates and raises you up. Now, how and when did you meet Bud Moss? But it was uh, 2012. 2012. 2012. Very exciting. We were uh, we were we invited Bud with his first book to come and do a talk during the course of our festival. I believe that was it, wasn't it, Bud? That's correct. All I got was 10 percent, and out of that, <laughs> out of that, from 2012 came this warm, loving, caring relationship that we've had over the over the years. That's fantastic. And the audience benefited, too, from hearing all his stories and, and being up close to somebody. Who, they were only one degree removed from Rita Hayworth. Oh, my gosh. And, Bud, let me ask you this. Are you still working as an artist manager? Yes, I am. I'm very involved in uh, four or five projects as we speak. It's extraordinary. You know, there's some, I always say as a musician, music keeps all of us alive. You know, when you, when you look at people like um, Horowitz, we were playing well into their 90s. And I think for all of us uh, deeply involved in the arts, it keeps us young, doesn't it? It certainly does. So, so I have to ask of you, but again, in high school, you took a job at a Union 76 gas station right across the street from MGM Studios where the cars of actors were serviced and washed, and you delivered those cars to the actors on the lot. What an enterprising move for you. Was was this part of your scheme to get closer to everybody? Well, it, it, it was, only because my uncle worked and lived at Metro and in the famous Thalberg building, and the last thing in the world I wanted to do was to go around with hat in hand saying, Uncle Sam, please help me become famous as a Hollywood agent or a right. movie actor or a director, whatever I wanted to become years later. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I get that. So, but you started to work as an extra in films, like It's a Wonderful Life and The Ten Commandments. Um, how, did, how did you make that leap all on your own then without asking Uncle well, Sam? Well, I did it through a famous director and producer of my uncle who ultimately found out later on that he had gotten me, I had asked him, he was one of the car people that I parked his car, <laughs> and I, I would say, by the way, Mr. Tarag, I have this urge that I want to become an actor and I'd like to get started as an extra Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to bother my Uncle Sam, can you help me? And he said, let me take care of it and a week later, he said, go to Central Casting, they're waiting to meet you and you'll become an extra. I love it. Mm. I think this is just so exciting. And did I it is classic actually. (laughs) Did I also read that as you were bussing tables at, at the studio, you met Marilyn Monroe, bud? Well, I knew her before she was Marilyn Monroe. I knew her as Norma oh, Jean because this yeah. friend of mine, uh, an actor friend of mine, uh, was a buddy of hers and was telling me at that time that she was going to start uh, hanging out at the studios. And uh, lo and behold, look what happened. 
Wow. And I'd say. So the acting bug bit you, but then you later turned to management. Well, it uh, it changed when I met an actress by the name of Ruth Roman. I don't know if you want to go back to the to the mid-50s, but Ruth was on that ill-fated Andrea Doria that sank off the coast of Nantucket That's back correct. in 1956. And we were dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was through her that uh, she had met this agent in New York. But prior to that, when she was hiding out in New York after the Andrea Doria sank, she got a call from Eleanor Stever, who was a personal friend of hers, no. who said, come out to Long Island. I have a lovely home near Port Jefferson, and you can hide out here. And it turned out that we spent almost 10 days with her, and her boyfriend at the time was Mitch Miller, who she was uh, <laughs> hanging out with. Sing and it was, during Mitch, that time, yeah. it was during that time that I started to find out all about her and how great she was in uh, Puccini's Girl of the Golden West. That's right. And uh, how uh, I think Butterfly was one of her great successes. Sadly, according to Ruth, who stayed in touch with her over the years, she had died in uh, uh, the late 90s from some heart uh, surgery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she and Ruth were very close, and she notified me that she had passed away at that time. That's extraordinary. I have a picture. I have a picture of the three of us together. I'm going to try and find it and send it both to you and Rita uh, to Regina. I, I would love that. And you know, Eleanor Stieber also um, was a frequent guest on the Voice of Firestone TV broadcast. Sure was. You know, I mean, not many people know that. Besides being one of the first Americans to sing it by right after World War II, which is also mm. kind of interesting. But what a great friend she was then to Ruth Roman and to you. She really was. That's fantastic. And and you were married to Ruth Roman for some time. We got married in 1956, and uh, we're married until 63, 64. And at that time, I was her agent. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the business uh, mm. really kind of pulled us apart. But yeah. um, that's another book that I'm working on. <laughs> I can imagine. I can't wait for that. We've got to have another show on that, bud. Right. So tell me, both of you, let's get down to the business at hand about this wonderful gala that's happening in Please. Long Island on October 24th. Regina, take it away. Okay. So last year we presented the very first uh, Burton Moss Golden, Hollywood Golden Era Award to Rita Hayworth, and it was accepted posthumously, of course, by her daughter, Princess Yasmin. Mm-hmm. And Princess Yasmin will be with us. As, as will Bud, and uh, to present this next one to uh, Robert Wagner on October 24th, beginning at 6.30 p.m. with a an interview between, a live in-the-theater interview between uh, Robert and Foster Hirsch, who is a professor, a longtime professor and author um, of books about film noir, now that you mentioned film noir. Brilliant. But he's also interviewed Robert Wagner before, so he's had experience. They know each other and trust each other, and it should be a really illuminating and wonderful uh, conversation, followed by cocktails, dinner, music, more presentations and and tributes, and it should be a lot of fun. How many guests are you expecting? It's going to be intimate because we're having it at the Art Center, and we can only host about 150 people. That sounds about perfect. Can, <laughs> I can, think so. can we mere mortals attend? Well, I'm one, so yes. 
there it is. Regina Gill, how can we find tickets to this illustrious event? Well, if someone is interested, the telephone number here at the Art Center is 516-829-2570. And we're on our website, which is uh, www.goldcoastarts.org. This is absolutely brilliant. Um, But Moss, I have to ask you, one of the dignified aspects of this Hollywood Golden Era Award that is in your name is that you're paying tribute to some Hollywood stars who perhaps have not had the appropriate honor or remembrance during their lifetime. Um, what What was your inspiration for developing this? Well, I think it was really Regina's inspiration because... Mm. Most people consider me to be one of the last of the dinosaurs from that uh, golden Hollywood era. Mm -hmm. And it was in conversations that we had uh, during the time that Rita, that we were working on the concept of putting together this tribute to Rita, Mm -hmm. that uh, apparently Regina started to talk to a few of her friends, and they said, you know, we think that we'd like to start an award for those actors from the golden years of Hollywood. And uh, we'd like to put it in your your name, which I was very honored and humbled by the uh, thought and gesture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you've spoken, uh, Bud, about the the lack of glamour in Hollywood these days. Mm. Um, I feel personally, you know, the memory of the heydays of Hollywood is what keeps our entertainment engine alive and significant in like comparison to other international film markets. You know, given what you've written in your books and what do you think of the direction of the industry today, Bud? Well, I think I need a couple of hours to to really... (laughs) talk of it but i don't think that there is that that golden star in the sky i don't think there's that kind of excitement for making motion pictures and for making mm-hmm. great television shows uh we've lost the glamour we uh, jack valenti who was a close friend of mine who was president of the motion picture association mm-hmm. going back to the late 60s he brought back hollywood as we knew it in the 40s and the 50s and 60s. -hmm. But sadly, between the computers and the politics and the world that we now live in, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a nine-to-five job for most of these people. There's no creative inventiveness that that, that still is out there. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. if I could just interject on this subject, um, I think that one of the things that that happened when they took apart the studio system, when the government got involved and busted the studio system, the the veil was lifted, and suddenly you didn't have the mystery, and you didn't have, they protected their stars, you didn't hear all the terrible stories, and suddenly everybody was exposed, warts and all. And I think that what creates glamour is mystery. I think you're absolutely right. Um, That's a really good point. Um, uh, Regina, very good point. It's the mystery and the veil that that mm-hmm. are important to us, isn't it? The the unknown. Nobody needs to see the clay feet. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, this is this is one of the great sorrows to me about the film industry right now. You know, it, it there's nothing. Uh, compelling us um, to, to really kind of um, honor who is in Hollywood like we once did. 
and and I know, but for you in writing your books, you've actually written a lot of the backstage stories and the, the tell-alls, um, which is forever, you know, memorable to us. Um, I recently went out to the Turner Classic Movie Film Festival, and one of the things I loved about it was that here we were bathed in most of the people that worked in these films and hearing all the stories and being able to go back into that beautiful sense of mystery played out We must so have passed each other in the hallway there because <laughs> Carol Shelley, who was part of our original uh, honorary uh, advisory board, was a longtime friend and a, a client many years ago, and she was honored at the Turner Classic. They're talking about the one last year here That's in Hollywood correct. or earlier. This, That's correct. And uh, they were talking, they honored them with the odd couple, and she had come out for that event. That is correct. That's right. And, and I was over there to see her. We probably did pass in the hall. It, we were constantly passing celebrities. It was extraordinary. But it, yeah, it was it so was. intimate. But yet at the same time, it was so grand. And I think one of the, the uh, to top it off for me, was the panel discussion by all the Mankiewicz family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really going back to the the era of Joseph Mankiewicz, my God. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was incredible. But we yep. need the glamour, don't we? And this is what we're going to find at your gala yes. on the 24th. Most definitely. So are you sold out yet, Regina? No, we are not sold out yet. We, are, we still have room. We have people who've called and, and said, I think I'm coming, I'm coming, but we, we don't consider you coming unless you've actually confirmed it. So, um, so it is a benefit, and we're still hoping that people will help um, honor Robert at the same time as uh, helping us support the art center so i think regina it would be nice to know if for uh, for pamela and her audience what the um, uh, the benefits for so that you might have people out there that uh, will spark to that and uh, pick up the phone and call you and buy some tickets good point well i have to tell you we have our school for the arts where mm-hmm. we have um, art music dance theater and film under one roof mm-hmm where we teach uh, students who can afford to pay for classes and students who cannot through our scholarship program, where we reach out in our outreach program to students in their own schools and underserved neighborhoods, and we send our teachers to them to bring them what they need. If, if you're a singer and you haven't got a school with the means to provide you with music, we will send our, our teachers in to you. That's so and, excellent, because sadly that is the case these days more and yes, more. Good for yes, you. it is. Yes, yes, it is. In addition to that, we have a program for Alzheimer's patients and oh. people with memory loss. And I was recently telling someone about a wife who turned to me after we had, you talked about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. We showed, because they remember, they remember way back. They don't, so we try to spark memories for them. And we had a film on uh, a Ginger Rogers, uh, Fred Astaire film, mm-hmm. and a man who hadn't spoken to his wife or anyone in about a year turned to her and said, would you like to dance? <gasps> and oh. she, was, she was in tears. She came up to us after this unbelievable music and the film it just sparked a memory and suddenly he found his voice. I just got, I just got goosebumps. Goosebumps. I think yeah. we, we all did that free song. This is one of the things I was reading about with your film festival that's so important and you yes. give so much energy to these yes. Alzheimer's patients. I think it's absolutely marvelous. Well, we do a lot of cross-pollinating. We believe that artists exposed under our roof to the dancers will try dance or singers exposed to a, a sculpture will say, oh, maybe I can do that. And, and suddenly you have <laughs> yeah. a lot of that going on, a lot of cross-pollinating. 
I think cross-pollination is the, the way the arts are going to survive this day. That's, that's only yes. my opinion. Um, no, I agree. But I think the more we can educate people and, of course, do these fantastic collaborations, um, you know, we'll keep things spinning forever. And I think wow. it's, it's even, if I might, just one more thing. Yeah. Um, the world of the future is a world that educators today can't even imagine. They don't even mm. know what skills to teach children today that they'll need for 25 years from now when they enter the workforce. Mm-hmm. So, but what they do know is that the world of the future is going to depend on the creative problem solvers. And the best place to find creative problem solvers is in the arts community. There's no question about that, Regina Gill. There is absolutely no question. I talk about that a lot on my show, being the singer mm-hmm. that I am and educator as well. This is so important, why we should not be cutting the arts out of schools. I couldn't agree more. But, but <laughs> thanks to corp- uh, organizations like your own, you, know, you will keep the fire burning. Trying, beating the drum. Let me day. interrupt and ask you, Pamela, mm-hmm. where, uh, when were you last uh, singing in New York? I was last singing last night in Stamford, Connecticut. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, I was Why doing not? a performance at 6 p.m. and um, it was um, it was a wonderful evening. Uh, and actually, again, it was cross pollination, Regina. It was yeah. an evening that was literary and music dedicated to the life of the author, the American author Willa Cather, who I loved. Oh, I love her. Oh, that's who, wonderful. And she wrote the book, The Song of the Lark. Yes, she did. And that story kind of. Uh, mirrors my own personal story. So um, I was helping to provide the music. It was a wonderful evening. And and that's the honest um, answer to your question, Bud. My operatic career now is really over. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like but before I like, that. I was going back about uh, five, ten years ago. Yes, in Europe, I was I was living in London, where I based my career. I have sung everywhere, from all of the UK to France, Switzerland, uh, Germany, and oh, um, in many languages. And I've had a, a fantastic career, which mm-hmm. you know, as as we know, you meet some of the most exciting people when you're in the midst of it on stage and treading those boards. You know. And uh, I don't have one regret in the world. Um, and the fact that, that you knew Eleanor Stieber is so dear to me because one of the roles I absolutely loved was the role of Vanessa by Samuel Barber. Yep. And, of course, Eleanor Stieber um, created that at the Met. Um, and then, of course, um, what they did on television, I think, is really interesting. You know, we're, we're going back to the days of live television, aren't we, where we had that Firestone Hour and we had the Ed Sullivan Show where they brought that, that, that aspect of the arts into the, the television, um, you know, the, the living room. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for the Anna Muffles and the Kitty Carlisles and, and the Eleanor Stiebers. Not a question. I think at one time... Uh, that um, Eleanor worked with um, with Anamafo. Uh, I was trying to remember what the the opera was, but um, I think it was Figaro, if I remember correctly, that they had worked together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My great greatest treat, and I had met uh, Anamafo when I became an Asian in the early '60s, and I'd met her. Uh, through an agent in New York who worked in the theater and worked in the opera. And he said, Bud would like to be your agent. I mean, without even saying anything, he'd like to find you a movie or a television show. (laughs) And she said, if you could find a a little gap where you can have 72 to 48 hours, I'll do it. She said, but my world is such that um, I just don't have time and 
unless I have to block out a month at a time. My greatest treat was to see her in um, in '61. It was to see her at the Met doing Turn It Out, which was one of the great operas of all times. That's right. What a spectacle! And she was so beautiful, physically oh. beautiful. She was her nickname, to... her nickname was La Bellissima. That's correct. That's what they called correct. her. And she literally worked herself to death. I mean, yep. her voice to death. She she did That's so correct. much. She was so popular. But yep. a wonderful diplomat for the arts and, and such a beautiful lady. Wow. Yeah, I, I had, I'm glad. I had uh, lunch with her one day at, uh, at uh, the Russian Tea Room, and the whole place just lit up when I walked in there <laughs> with her. But I guess uh, in the late uh, 60s, early 70s, she married Bob Sarnoff. That's right. Who was the uh, chairman of uh, RCA. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just sort of slowed down. And uh, she had a, a breakdown. She actually, oh, I think she... in, the, in, the, in the 80s, about when she couldn't, she started to stop working. You see, talk about lifting the veil. You know, mm-hmm. yep. we we see it everywhere across the board, and yeah. um, it's interesting. Well, this is such an exciting conversation with you two. <laughs> I'm I'm lit from within, and my engineer knows that because he knows of my love for Hollywood and especially the golden years. Are there any other um, uh, surprises we can look forward to at your wonderful gala on October 24th? Well, we've got W.C. Fields' granddaughter, Harriet Fields, coming here. Really? Yes. And Harriet, um, I, most people don't realize that this particular community is um, two streets away from our art center is where Escott Fitzgerald wrote The Great Gatsby. No. And Yes. And lived here with Scotty and Zelda. And uh, W.C. Fields lived here. This was, He had a home here two streets away. And Harriet is coming, and she's hoping to get here early enough so that I can take her over to show her her grandfather's house, which she's never seen. Oh, my gosh. This is so, amazing. Regina, I am literally looking at a picture. It's a cartoon picture of W.C. Fields with Barrymore, with Errol Flynn, with uh, John Carradine, uh, a book called Hollywood's Hellfire Club. And it deals with a book, I'm reading this book now, it deals with a group of Hollywood derelicts in the in the 30s and 40s who all got together and created what became known as the Bundy Drive Gang. It was the first. It was the first original Hollywood Rat Pack. Bad boys. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, Harriet's going to love meeting you, Bud. Absolutely. Pardon me? Harriet will love meeting you. You can tell her about that. Hmm. And yes, you can. And I'm just going to close right now, guys, Mm -hmm. by reminding all my listeners they need to telephone 516-829-2570 for tickets for this fantastic gala October 24th in Great Neck, Neck, New York, in Long Island. Uh, Bud Moss and Regina Gill, we will have you up on podcast forever for this interview. And... (laughs) And both of you, I hope I can have you back. And if I can just steal a line from Humphrey Bogart, I think I just need to say, Bud Moss and Regina Gill, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful oh, friendship. So right. happy to hear it. Feel the same way. It's a pleasure, Pamela. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much for being on Center Stage. This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down. <laughs> 